You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we have a phenomenal episode coming up today with for you. We have Brett Ciencia of Pick 6 Previews joining our show today, so really excited for that. Um, if you haven't seen his Pick 6 Preview Guide, it is truly amazing. Um, one of the best, if not the best, in the business. Uh, definitely excited to have him on the show today. Once you get done listening, though, and you want to listen to some more Big Ten content, simply check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast. There's no better place to get all the news on the Big Ten Conference than with Nate Dickinson in the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. And with that being said, let's hop right into it. Let's get into our show today with Brett talking about the Iowa Hawkeyes and where he has them ranked in his 2021 Pick 6 Preview Guide this year. All right, y'all. I have the honor of being joined here by Brent Ciancia um, from Pick 6 Previews. Brett, it is an honor to have you on. How are you doing today on this Sunday? Hey, Andrew. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, it's been a crazy seven months for me. Uh, for the listeners out there, what I do is I compile a season preview book each summer, uh, similar to the ones that you see on newsstands, uh, the preseason magazines. Uh, I launched in 2012, and over those first nine years, I've been graded the most accurate in the country, beating all those on newsstands, beating everyone online. Uh, it's not just me saying it. Uh, there's a website, Stassen, that has been grading publications for like 30 years and uh, by their formula, I'm number one. So that's kind of the claim to fame there. But, um, you know, Twitter's been great. Uh, it's been great interacting with so many Iowa fans. Um, you know, very passionate, very uh, knowledgeable bunch I've gotten to see. You know, it's one of those programs and fan bases that gets kind of overlooked nationally. You only hear about the Ohio States and Michigans, but uh, being from Twitter and being seeing all that live, I mean, Iowa fans combating Iowa State people and then Minnesota <laughs> to the north and the Nebraska rivalry, a little bit newer, but just as passionate as any out there. So uh, yeah. I get to see it firsthand. I love it. I think um, there was a poll that just came out recently, too, about the engagement of fan bases. And I believe Iowa was uh, was in that top 10. I'll need to check that out. But I'm um, definitely a very, a very passionate and knowledgeable fan base, um, as you've obviously experienced. I want to talk a little bit about pick six previews. I actually I bought this year's um, this guide and I will say it was it was phenomenal um, for the folks out there who haven't bought Thank it you. yet. Here's what I would say is the best part about it. You I don't know how you do this. But you <laughs> go through every single team and you actually have the ability to talk about microcosms of the team that actually make sense. Right. I think a lot of the times when you look at some of these national publications and I don't mean to diss on anything else, but you get a very generic outlook on a team and it's very mirrored or based on perceptions of a program. Right. And I felt like when I was reading yours, I was like, yes, this makes sense. I agree with this. I 100% understand where you're coming from for these different pieces. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then clearly you're, yeah. uh, you have a success rate that, uh, that backs it up as well. So how did you even get started with, with Pick 6 Previews? Why did you uh, start creating this publication? Yeah. So thanks for purchasing and thanks for that review. That's uh, music to my ears because that was kind of the main goal is that uh, back in 2012 when I launched, I was starting to notice that the national guys that you see on TV or, or, uh, or on Twitter, they really only talk about a handful of teams and programs. And I, I kind of got tired of hearing about Ohio state and Alabama uh, just as a, you know, a fan of the game and, uh, and loving our college sport, football sport, you know, that every program has their own story, their own traditions, their own little quirks to it. It's, it's what makes college football special. So uh, I thought there was kind of a void there for really a deeper dive into all these teams. 
Um, and not to, like you said, not to diss the other magazines on newsstands, uh, but that's a hundred, a hundred different writers doing it. It's, uh, you know, you have one Iowa guy, you have one Northwestern guy and, and yeah, individually they, they do good work, but I think just given their space constraints and, uh, and the fact that they're only covering one team, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, I, I try and go a little bit deeper. So when you mentioned it, yeah, I could, I could talk an hour on Kansas. I could talk an hour on Ohio state. That's kind of the, you know, I love every one of these programs digging in, um, I start once the confetti falls in January on the national title stage and hunker down for seven months. It's really a, a nice balance. I try and strike between film study, you know, watching games, watching highlight tapes, uh, but really then calling coaches, calling head coaches and coordinators, uh, trying to learn the X's and O's of it. Um, and then running all my numbers, which is, you know, the recruiting numbers is important, but really uh, all my stat metrics, my game grader formula, which we'll hit on later in the show. So what I'm getting at is it's a balance between numbers but then actual X's and O's and, and football talk and really trying to give you a unique storyline for each program, all 66 of them. Yeah, man. And I, I like I said, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it, it was so fun to read through. It's my first time um, to be completely honest, going through and, and buying the guide and whatnot. And uh, I had a blast reading through it. Um, tons of amazing content. So for all of you out there, uh, whether you're just an Iowa fan or you're a fan of the sport, definitely got to check out the guide for $18. Uh, there's literally nothing better on the market. Um, we'll get into some of the metrics I want to talk about because some of those are really cool and they really support um, Iowa's, per, you know, the perception of Iowa. When we talk about win conversion, player development, even last year, game grader really showed that Iowa was a very strong team um, and just had two really unfortunate games. You also do mini helmets though. And I want to quickly, how did you get into mini helmets? Yeah. So uh, that's kind of a newer development. So I've been doing the, the book and the preseason magazine for 10 years. It's the 10th annual. Uh, the helmet started less than a year ago. I, I, you know, I'd always been a collector and for the listeners out there, these are those two inch, uh, like, uh, they're called pocket pro helmets, um, where you could buy them from Rydell. You get like the NFL or the NFC or AFC set. But what I started doing was customizing them for colleges, uh, throwback sets, um, high school teams. I actually did a couple Iowa high schools, Iowa city being one of them, I, I believe, um, so, so anyway, yeah, uh, throwback sets of teams. So Andrew actually had uh, exclusive access the first Iowa mini helmet set that I put together. And uh, I'll, I'll be tweeting out. A, yeah. Thank you. I'll be tweeting out a picture of the, the set. Uh, I've got 10 helmets in the Iowa set. It's all those back in the sixties when, the, when they were wearing yellow helmets, uh, one with the 1961 numerals, the uh, Iowa script logo from back then. Then you have the original Hawkeye logo from the seventies. Uh, then some more current stuff like the current uh, Hawkeye logo with the A and F stickers um we got the silver one from 2012 it's kind of a one game special but uh and then the Niall Kinnick memorial game where you had the numeral 24 on the side of the helmet there a uh, patriotic edition too from a couple years back so so anyway I'm very detail oriented of a guy if you couldn't tell so uh I try and make these things exact replicas of what they used to wear so um and I've released all kinds of teams throughout the Big Ten and across the college football landscape it's just uh now it's time to launch Iowa so we got that coming in a couple weeks all right, y'all want to quickly pause the conversation. We'll get back to that in a second. But do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You honestly 
don't stand a chance. Now, though, there is Stat Hero. It is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winnings within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you the lineup and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. It is the way to go. Stat Hero, the DFS way to go. One on one versus them. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds today. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They are literally giving you a 300% match. That is unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That is stathero.com slash locked on. I love, man. I'm excited to be able to share that photo. I've just been sitting on these things in my office, uh, wanting to wanting to show the world. They're they're super cool. I'm a huge collector of of those mini helmets. I actually have a couple of the old um, NFL collector sets, the helmets and whatnot. And having Iowa to that edition is just really really cool. So I appreciate you uh, doing that for me and excited to share that as well. Um, getting into some of the pick six stuff that you did for this this annual preview, I want to get before we get into the the metrics piece. Again, you are graded as one of the, the, the most accurate um, predictor by many different outlets. I want to hear what was maybe the most controversial take that you had that really hit. Maybe it was a record prediction. Maybe it was um, a team doing poorly when everyone was really hyping them up. Uh, what was probably one of the most uh, under the radar decisions that you made that no one else was really following at the time? Yeah, so I think uh, it's over the course of nine years that I've uh, been able to pull ahead amongst the other magazines. And, and part of it is I really just try and seclude myself from the other, uh, the, you know, the, the way too early lists that you see in January, all these kind of things. And, and it's not to sound arrogant. It's just a matter of I want to come at this, my full research for seven months, uh, post my stuff, and then I'll catch up on everybody else and see what everyone else had to say. So I try and really hide myself from, from the rest of the pack until I release it. But um but yeah, so we're graded on conference division accuracy. So think of the Big Ten West, for example, one through seven. Uh, you get graded uh, how accurate you are to predicting those by conference and by division. So, um, you know, while the playoff picks are nice, they don't actually factor into the formula. Playoff-wise, I was close on a couple uh, what I call roulette ships. I had Utah in the bracket in 2019. Um, nobody else had them even in the top 10, but I said that they'd make the playoff. And if you think back to that season, they were 11-1, and one, in yep. that conference title game against Oregon and literally were a win and in scenario. If they were to beat Oregon, they'd be in the, the playoffs. So, um, you know, I made it to the final day of the season. They came up short in the title game, but um, still that whole uh, October, November was a great run uh, being, you know, being in the mix with a huge roulette chip. So, uh, but specifically, yeah, every year there's some that I, that I'm a, a few notches up on uh, certain teams or selling other teams. Um, you know, I think Ole Miss the one year when they started to break out under Hugh Freeze, uh, we had them beating Alabama that year. And this is a very off the grid, but 2014 uh, in a vault Hemingway stadium, it was a huge, huge underdog pick. We had it uh, that helped us win the sec that year. Um, what else? I mean, yeah, in any given That's season, awesome. it's uh, yeah. Last year I had A&M higher than anybody else in the sec West. I had them second and that held true. Uh, I'm just trying to the brainstorm here, but you get the yeah. idea where it's usually shading a team, a spot or two, um, against the consensus. And that's how you can start to pick up points if you're more accurate than not. Absolutely, man. Um, and you just start for uh, not to 
steal your thunder here, but Iowa, you have Iowa ranked as the second best team or predicting to finish second in the Big Ten West. I, I do hope you are wrong in that to be completely uh, transparent. But um, let's talk a little bit about Iowa. And last year, you have your game grader metric. And by, by all accounts, you have Iowa as the ninth best team from last year, according to game grader. And game grader, um, my layman summary, and I want to have your detailed summary here in a second, is how good was a team not looking at their win-loss record? And Iowa, as we mm-hmm. all know, anyone who's listening to this knows, they should have won their first two games. And by all accounts, they were dominating both those games, and they w- moved away from the general script, and they finished 6-2. and two, But they were a very good team down the stretch. And had they won those two games, we could be talking about Iowa, even in that playoff conversation, if they could you know, get to the Big Ten uh, title game. So I wanted to get your thoughts on your game grader metric and how you put that together. Yeah, so game grader, I liked your one sentence on it. I'll expand a little. It's just as a one-man operation covering 66 programs across five Power Five conferences, I need a kind of a numerical way just to ground everything and, and be able to compare across divisions and across conferences. So, I mean, I try and watch it all. I mean, on Saturdays, I have four screens going for 14 hours. Uh, but when you see a score come across the ticker, you know, say 21-20, you have no idea what happened that, that day, whether one side was plus 300 in yards and it was fluky. Uh, if one side had plus five in turnovers, um, you know, vice versa. So um, what this is, is it digs a little deeper than just the box score and the final score. I mean, yes, margin of victory is huge, uh, but yardage differential per play metrics, uh, turnover margins, uh, explosive plays, efficient plays, all of my formulas kind of uh, compiled into one. And I know that sounds boring as heck. Um, it's also <laughs> it's also opponent adjusted, too, because beating up on Purdue is, is different than beating up on, uh, you know, Ohio state. So yeah. uh, all that to say, it's nice to see the numbers on the left side of the page, but put it back into real terms on the right side of the page in my text, because it kind of fits perfectly with Iowa last year. And you hit on this where uh, they opened up, they had two, what I call pretty fluky losses. Uh, if you think of the Purdue opener, they held a lead late in the game. Uh, but for whatever reason, they went away from their formula that works. They started throwing the ball a ton. They first, they uh, forced first time starter, Spencer Petras into throwing the ball 40 times. It's just uncharacteristic. So uh, they let that one get away. And then the next week they were up 17, nothing over Northwestern outgained them, had a, a late lead again, um, but blew it. And uh, you know, both those losses were by a combined five points. So I think right when that happened an Owen two start in a short season, I think Iowa to the national fan just kind of got placed on the back burner and kind of hidden. Uh, but I obviously I'm still tracking it each week and they blew everyone out from that point on. It was very dominant football after that. Oh, and two fluky start uh, average margin of victory over those six wins was 21 points. I mean, these are, these were not uh, fluky wins. They were destroying teams. Um, we'll get, we'll get to the defense eventually in the show, but uh, they graded number three nationally as a defense for me and uh, my numbers. So very statistically dominant. And this is music to Iowa fans ears where despite that record, that two loss record, I had them second in the the, uh, Big Ten overall. It was just Ohio State, then Iowa, uh, according to Game Grader. So uh, I think this is actually a perfect example of the formula, putting it back into what, you know, what what can you really glean from it and, uh, and how do I compute it? So it's kind of a good case study. Yeah, no, I think that, that was awesome. And you even mentioned like Northwestern, I think the way they typically win games, it's not exactly pretty. Northwestern was a little bit higher ranked than Iowa last year, but um, your game grader formula had them a little bit lower, which I think would resonate with a lot of people who watched Northwestern play football last year. So I think that's definitely interesting. You mentioned the defense and the fact that Iowa's defense was so dominant last year, and it really was. This year, they return a significant amount of people, um, their entire secondary, most of their linebackers, right? 
defensive line though has been really the bread and the butter of this Iowa defense. They have been able to churn. I mean, it's unprecedented that they have had three defensive linemen or more leave the last three years. They've had to basically completely, you know, replace all these guys every year, including this upcoming season. But you have Iowa's defensive line as the 12th best defensive line in the nation. Um, I would, I'm just going to, I'm assuming it has to do with a little bit of the fact that Iowa does do a very good job of developing. And there are several players who have a high ceiling behind those guys who have graduated and moved on to the NFL. But what, what makes you feel good about this defensive line going into the upcoming season? Yeah. So I, this also hits home on another point of the book is, um, you know, I, I like recruiting rankings. I think they're important to a degree, but I take it a step further. You got to put it in the context of what the program does with the talent on hand and uh, what Kirk Ferentz and his staff for 20 years almost, or now I guess 20 years and uh, Phil Parker as a defensive coordinator, they graded number one in my player development metric. Now they, they took the number one spot, um, and what that means is, is in one sentence is just comparing your average recruiting profile to what you're sending to the pros. Um, and, uh, you know, relatively to what they recruit at, Iowa's number one in, in player development and converting it into wins on the field. So, um, you know, yeah, you could look at the, the loss of a starter and uh, an All-American like Davion Nixon, obviously an incredible player. And, uh, and Chauncey Golston also drafted in April. Uh, but I do like what they have coming back with Zach Van Valkenburg. Um, you know, maybe not an all American talent, but he'll push for eight or nine sacks. I'm sure. Um, excellent in pass rush. And then, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to try and find two new starters in fall camp. Uh, but Joe Evans, I mean, you can almost call him a starter. I think it was roughly yep. 200 snaps last year, a ton of game experience on one of my top defenses. Like I said, uh, you have a four-star Logan Jones, who I heard has a couple weight room records already. So yep. he's, uh, probably the next physical force there on the line. Uh, Yaya Black was getting a ton of attention in bowl prep and spring ball. So, I mean, yeah, it's less proven, but the staff is more proven than their counterparts. I really like what they've done with Phil Parker and the, you know, the, the whole strength and conditioning for 20 years. Uh, they're kind of a staple. So, yeah, while it's not some some household names yet, uh, they just have such a track record that I feel comfortable putting them up there. All right, one more pause, and we'll get back to the last piece of our conversation with Brett. Hope you are enjoying it as much as I did. Obviously, incredibly knowledgeable about college football and the University of Iowa, which is really cool to see from a national media type of person. I do want to tell you about Built Bar, though, the best-tasting protein bar on the market today. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They got sweet, they got salty, they got fruity, everything you want, they've got at BuiltBar.com, and all these bars are covered in one 100% chocolate. Not only are these bars delicious, though, they're also healthy for you as well. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market and is also incredibly healthy for you. So why aren't you getting your hands on a Built Bar? And right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And I also want to tell you about BetOnline.ag because the NFL and college ball season are fast approaching. We already got preseason games. There is so much you can be betting on, though, and BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is still in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Again, you have college ball and NFL future odds, and the seasons start very soon. So before the next pitch or the next snap, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information today, and get your free account so you can begin betting today. Don't send the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to 
to the playoffs. Again, go to their website, get that free account, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I love it. And yet, and we didn't even talk about John Wagner even, who was a four-star recruit and just has been buried behind a lot of really good players. So I love that that analysis of Iowa's defensive line. People look at that as potentially the weakness. Um, but I look at it as we've been doing this the last three years and Iowa continues to develop players. I do have a question for you. Do you feel like so the win conversion and player development, um, Iowa's number one in both of those metrics. Do you feel like at some degree, Iowa is really good at identifying under the radar talent? Uh, I mean, I think it's kind of a mix of both of those, right? Um, identifying under the radar talent and also obviously development. But is there one way you would swing on that from an Iowa perspective? So last preseason, I got to speak with Coach Ferentz, and it was one of my, my favorite interviews I've done with head coaches. And, uh, yeah, it kind of hits home similar to what you're saying. And not to call them under-recruited, because uh, that could be partially true, but more so it's they know how to recruit to the exact culture that they build. They, they know their formula they're looking for. Um, they're not going to be worried if a guy has two stars next to his name or five stars. Cause at this point, 20 years in, uh, he and his staff, they really know exactly the kind of guy that they want. Um, you know, sometimes that's just coach speak, but, and, and maybe if it was a year or two, maybe, but we're talking 20 years and, and this formula is pretty exact. It's also very similar to what Wisconsin does, but, mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of that big 10 West formula. And while the rest of the country uh, and, the, and the coasts will laugh at it and, and, uh, talk about sec speed. I mean, hey, Iowa and Wisconsin, they've proven that formula works for where they are. And then get them in a national game, they can go with anybody. So uh, I think it's more so just that they know exactly the kind of player they're looking for and they go execute. I mean, they get them on the campus, uh, they commit to the, to the program, they buy in. All those, all those buzzwords that sometimes you hate hearing, but it really applies to Iowa and my numbers back it up. Absolutely. Um, and on the defensive side of the ball, this is my last question for defense. And I have one big question for offense and a general question about Iowa. Um, just to give you kind of a, a precursor, what's next? Jack Campbell, Justin Jacobs, and Seth Benson, uh, to me, have the potential. Um, I think their ceiling is to could to, to could be or to, wow could be one of the best trio of linebackers Iowa has had in a very long time. I wanted to get your thoughts when you watch the film. What are your thoughts on Jack and Seth? Because you, I mean, Justin hasn't played a ton of downs, but a four-star recruit, um, incredibly athletic, just you know, fighting for time, but Jack and Seth came on strong as of late last season. And I feel like they could be some breakout stars on this Iowa defense. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, right away with Jack Campbell, I think he might end up the best defender on this team. And, and that's high praise considering you have some multi-year starters coming back in the, in the secondary, some all conference guys back there. And we talked about Van Valkenburg uh, at end, but I think the Campbell, he can, he can end up the best defender on that defense. And um, I mean, I've, you know, you see it on tape, late in the season. And then you hear it from the media circles around Iowa and the podcasts and the radios. And uh, yeah, it's uh, he's going to be a star. The other thing too, is Iowa started, they've really rotated more towards this four, two, five. I think it was something like 75% of snaps uh, last year, they were in the four, two, five. And, and that obviously means just two linebackers on the field. So um, yes, you lose nine in there in the middle. Um, but you know, it's just one of two linebacker spots. So I still feel pretty good with the two backer duo emerging out of that out of Benson and Campbell. So, yeah, I mean, that's not too much of a concern for me. Absolutely, man. Um, and offensively, this is not about the team today, per se. I think we kind of know what what Iowa's offense brings to the table and where the concerns are. I think uh, most people are probably echoing the same thing, right? It really comes down to how can Spencer Petrus improve and can we find tackles? Uh, so I want to talk about the tight end position. 
Um, Iowa fans, if you noticed, uh, are very passionate. And there are several uh, Iowa State, I would like to call them burner accounts, that would basically argue that they have tight end you now. Um, the idea of defining, <laughs> yeah, right. I know it's ridiculous. Um, the idea of defining tight end university, it changes, right? It depends on what kind of metrics you're using in your preview. You did it based off of the draft picks, but then you also made a note that Iowa is tight end you, um, in your breakdown of Iowa. So I just want to get a sense from you. What makes tight end university in your opinion? Yeah. So we always see these position, uh, position you, whatever you want to call them, uh, lists come up on Twitter and be used in marketing material from the recruiting departments and coaches. Um, so I started tracking draft picks and, and going by, by position, by college, by conference, everything. Uh, I was towards the top. I think they're up there with Notre Dame and Miami yep. uh, over whatever kind of intervals you look at 10 years, 20 years um, more so to me. And yeah, you got to have the, the draft picks to back it up, but tight end is more essential to Iowa's offense the last 10, 20 years than it has been to Notre Dame's or to Miami's. Uh, I mean, it's so crucial. They rely so heavily on them over the middle as big frame targets. Uh, it's a primarily a run first offense. It's smash mouth. It's ball control. So um, just by, by the nature of that, you're going to have two, maybe even three tight ends on the field a ton of times. Um, they're getting the, the bulk of the targets. I think um, Laporta had like 40 something targets last year in a mm -hmm. short season, or maybe that was catches. I got to double check, but you know, needless to say, they're, they're huge parts of the offense. So, yeah, I'm pretty safe. I, you know, I feel pretty safe in calling Iowa that tight end you, um, you know, look at the last couple of years in the draft. I mean, heck, you put two first rounders in the same draft from tight end. It's so hard to do with Hawkinson and Fant, um, you know, even going back a few years. Who was it? George Kittle, yep. uh, Fedorowicz. And that's just the last handful of years. So so to the Iowa State people, I think that they're limiting their scope to like, 2021 like one season <laughs> yeah. okay sure like i'm not going to dispute i mean yeah of course with uh with chase allen and, and dylan saner um and they i think they have a third guy i mean it, yeah it was Kohler, a stable yeah. oh yeah charlie kohler uh, an all-american candidate so yeah so okay this year you might have a great core at iowa state but yeah i don't think you you earned the uh, position you title on one fall uh, you know one fall season so uh, over the course of 10 20 years i think it's iowa I love it, man. Um, and last question before I get to just the general prediction for Iowa football this year. If there's one guy you think is going to be a breakout player for the Iowa Hawkeyes this year, offense or defense, who would it be? Well, we, we started with Jack Campbell as the breakout defender. I, I feel pretty good about that if he isn't already. Um, you know, I think Nico Regani is going to get a ton of targets. Um, he's the perfect slot receiver there. Um, and then another guy to look out for, too, I'm hearing a ton of praise about Keegan Johnson, that four-star mm -hmm. they plucked out of Nebraska. Um, and normally you don't, you know, I, I try and, uh, you know, give a grain of salt or whatever you want to call it to some of these incoming freshmen and the, the recruiting buzz. But uh, when you hear it out of Iowa, that's, that's significant. So he, he got a ton of buzz from spring ball and keep an eye on him. And uh, on a program scale, that's something important for Iowa, that they've started to bolster their skill positions, where even though they lost um, Smith-Marset and Smith, uh, Brandon Smith, that is. Uh, normally, that'd be enough to sink their offense for the next season, but they started to compile, you know, high quality depth there, receiver and uh, running back. So, yeah. So I didn't give a straight answer, but there's there's plenty of pieces that could break <laughs> out. Um, and when you have that core of their that interior of their offensive line, that's when Iowa's at the best with their with their zone blocking schemes, and they're just going to try and run clock and win first down again, and the whole formula. Yeah, I mean, and Keegan Johnson made the two deeps. 
that's that's pretty impressive for a freshman to be able to do that as a wide receiver. So um, very exciting stuff to see him. I think, especially with Nico Regani, as you mentioned, sliding into the slot, that opens up an opportunity for Keegan Johnson on the outside as well. My final question for you, Brett, and I appreciate your time coming on here on a Sunday. What is your prediction for Iowa, and what are the games that you feel like might be trip-up games for the Hawks coming into the season? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so yeah, Andrew hinted at it at the top that I do have Iowa second in the Big Ten West. And I will say, uh, before you get too upset, is that I have them 15th overall uh, in the nation. I have a ton of respect for Iowa this year. It was more so uh, almost a coin flip with Wisconsin uh, for the Big Ten West title. I could honestly see it going either way. Um, they're actually very similar in terms of rosters, uh, you know, position groups and pros and cons um, and coaching staffs and, and the whole formula, like I keep mentioning. So they're neck and neck, really. Um, in terms of schedule, I mean, hey, it's, it's the biggest Cyhawk in history. It's got to be. I mean, you're talking about Iowa State's best team ever uh, in 100 plus years of football there. And, and it's going to be, I think, the first time it's a ranked matchup yep. uh, possibly ever. So. Um, while that's not, uh, you know, maybe not make or break, uh, it's, it's huge. It's an all-time rivalry game there. Uh, trap games, I think, was your original question. Yeah. So I'm scanning down here. I mean, these aren't trap games. They're tough ones with the opener with Indiana. I think Iowa beats them. I think that Indiana had an excellent, you know, a special season, a special story last year, but I don't think they have the staying power within the conference. Uh, so I like Iowa to win the opener over Indiana. Uh, Penn State and the, the road trip to Wisconsin will be tough. And you know what? We always overlook Northwestern just oh, as God, I hate North prognosticators. Western. And I try and be honest <laughs> with people. I say, hey, I, I recognize that they go through cycles. So they go through ups and downs. Um, when they're very veteran, they play clean football, no penalties, no turnovers. They execute on the money downs, like third down and red zone. They get sevens, not threes. They hold you to threes, not sevens. So they do everything right to muster out uh, you know, a good season here and there. But I think they're going through a down cycle. Um, now, just because I said that on this show, I know that that's going to be an upset alert. So we'll say November 6th at Northwestern. So the, the trap game. I love it. And I just want to add, I always mention that I feel like Northwestern out Iowa's I out Iowa, Iowa, <laughs> right? Like it, they just, they do what Iowa wants to do. And when they are, have a veteran squad, they are very good, but, um, it's interesting you say that. I mean, they return, I want to say the lowest amount of people from last year in all of college football, which I think is people mm-hmm. are not look at people you want to give the credit to where you know what pat Fitzgerald can do as a coach but they are just they're not returning a lot of guys this year and that has actually been one of my um big picks of northwestern isn't going to have a big time year this year but as you mentioned every time they play iowa it is always just freaks me out a little bit on the inside so um brett i really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today Uh, if if you have we haven't convinced the folks already i hope i hope they can understand that the pick six preview guide is truly phenomenal um and just listening to you know you talk about iowa football clearly you know your stuff where can folks find you at and where can they buy the uh, pick six preview yeah well thanks for all the praise i appreciate it and and thanks to the iowa listeners and, and twitter followers it's been great interacting like i said at the top i know this is such a passionate fan base i want to get out to Iowa city. I was actually targeting that Ames game, but um, we'll see. But uh, yeah. So for the preview book, it's uh pick six previews.com uh, or at pick six previews on Twitter. And if interested, you can type in Iowa at this uh, at checkout for a nice discount code there. If you're interested, very simple, just Iowa. Um, and yeah. And then if you're interested in the, the mini helmets, you can DM me or email me there. Uh, Brett at pick six previews.com. Um, and then I, you know, like you said, we do all kinds of different teams and conferences and high schools even. So yeah. So throw us a follow at pick six previews. Love man, Brett. Thank you so much for coming on. Have a fantastic Sunday, buddy. And we'll talk to you later. Yeah. Thank you. Good luck this fall. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. 
All right, y'all, and that does do it for our show today. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do. Brett Siancia is a fin- fantastic guy, clearly incredibly intelligent. You have to get his Pick 6 Preview Guide if you haven't already. Use that promo code IOWA to get a discount on that. And if you want to check out his mini helmet collection, he has the Iowa one dropping soon. I can personally attest as being the only one who currently has it. It is awesome, and it is a great addition to my office. I love it. can't wait to show you all the helmets that he made for me and that he can make for you as well. After you get done listening to the show, though, you want some more Locked On content, go to Locked On Bets Podcast. Betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets Podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked On Bets Podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcast app. And that does do it for our show today. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Hope you have a great Monday. We'll be back tomorrow. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, go Hawks.